This is the Breadfruit Juice Podcast with Mosi and Ace. Join us to get your weekly recommended dose of talk, jokes, weird news, and other special surprises coming at you with that Caribbean vibe. I'm proud to be an ambassador and have a chance to share my West Indian culture with you. So sit down, relax, put your feet up, take it light, and enjoy the show because we're going to get nostalgic, talk about my experiences growing up Caribbean, and make ruction in the place. Enjoy the show because it's going to be real vibes. Welcome to Breadfruit Juice. My name is Mosi. And my name is Ace. And we are back. How are you doing, bud? I'm doing great, man. Feeling good. Living the dream. Killing it. Right. Killing it. <laughs> All right. So, well, we're back after um, after a week of, of nothing. I hope you guys, I hope you guys didn't go into severe depression, not hearing from us, but we are back and we have a great episode for you today. So today is today is the superhero episode. Um, if anyone, well, a lot of you know that I love superhero stuff. I'm a huge superhero nerd. Started off really, really young with um, comic books and that type of thing. And um, today, I thought what we would do is we do a little bit of a do a little bit of a of a countdown. Um, my top five favorite Marvel superhero movies, because obviously the MCU is a big thing nowadays. And um, Ace is going to do his top five as well. There's probably going to be a little bit of, of overlap, but also there's probably going to be a, 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 a bit of a difference or a lot, maybe a lot of a difference between our top five. And I know, I definitely know I'm going to get some, some, um, some fire from some of you based on some of my, um, some of my decisions here that I'm going to make, but we'll kind of see what happens. Yes. And you will probably also be surprised because any of the DC fanboys who are listening, uh, no DC movies made it into my top five. How did they're how just did, that bad? I was gonna say, how did how did DC movies make it into a Marvel top five countdown? <laughs> That's oh, what I'm saying. I I see what you're saying here. So what yeah. are we gonna do a DC one next time? Yeah, we can do a DC one next time. I mean, we have e- we have enough, right? Well, I'll have to pull way back to when there were actually some good ones. But yeah, I think we can do that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump right into it. This is the pot. All right, you want to go first or shall I? Um, you know what? I will go first. Uh, we'll do uh, age before beauty here. <laughs> um, so my number five so these the top five what are there there's like what 15 20 movies how many i think there's like 20 of them how many 20 20 okay so these are you know everything in this is like a movie that i would watch again like that's you know obviously a big number one qualifier um but uh even my number five is something that i really enjoy um so for me number five um, is Avengers Infinity War. Now, I really enjoyed this film. I thought that the way to bring so many main characters from other films together in one thing and to mesh that well, 
I thought was great. The threat was sufficient high level. The bad guys were not pushovers, and there were surprises. And I think it really played out very well. It was really enjoyable, and the ending was a great shock. And I think that just that in and of itself um, was one of the things that made it such an enjoyable film. Your thoughts? Or do you want to skip to your number five? That would be better. (laughs) Agreed. So my top five was, well, my my number five was also Avengers Infinity War. (laughs) (laughs) So, and for a lot of the reasons, for a lot of the reasons you picked as well, love movies with ensemble casts. Because I'm such a visual person, I love seeing all those different costumes together on screen at the same time. Now, I am I'm not super familiar with the, the Infinity Gauntlet comic from which that story is drawn, but I, I know enough to know what some of the differences were and what some of the similarities were. And I thought it was a I thought it was a pretty good interpretation of the events of the comic book. So um love Thanos as a villain, one of the scariest villains in the MCU that I have seen. I was genuinely terrified of this man for the entire movie. The way he's just taking people out left and right, very powerful. But what's, I think, the best thing of that movie, the best part of that movie, was Thanos. I agree. And I think one of the cool things about Thanos is how, as a villain, he's not, his justification is not insane. He doesn't like, I want to be powerful because of power. He you could make an intelligent argument that his point of view is somewhat valid. And I say that because I just saw a news story today where some group of scientists said half, fully 50% of the Earth should be reserved only for animals, no people, uh, to keep the genetic biodiversity of the planet stable. And I was like, oh, these guys also liked Infinity War. (laughs) That's kind of insane, though, to to think that actual legit scientists would would say that and, and come up with it but i mean i guess there's a point to be made that you know and I've, there's more than one person that i've heard say that human beings are essentially very wasteful and they're destructive so i mean i'm obviously not condoning a mass genocide here of human beings <laughs> you know i'm a human being but I, I i feel like if something like that were to happen in real life planet earth would probably start to regenerate itself in a big way but that's a whole other conversation for another episode all right all right what's your number four number four uh this one i most think most people would try to put it up higher but um for me number four is black panther i very much enjoyed the the visuals of this film like you mentioned earlier were really good wakanda was its own complete uh just a vision of peoples and uh, like the ships and the buildings and everything. I really was just pulled into all that. I thought that uh, the characters were really great. Um, I enjoyed all of them on the film. And I think it was just a really, nothing was ham-fisted about it. Um, I know that in in the press, there was a lot made about it. It It's like, you know, huge, african-american cast and stuff like that but i didn't feel that when i was watching the movie i was just watching a superhero movie um, that happened to be set you know in this uh fictional african nation of wakanda um it was just 
amazing. I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't think it was the 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 best um, one, but it was certainly it's definitely got a lot of replayability, and it's very fun to watch. All right, so you're gonna laugh because my number four is also Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting creepy. So. You sure you didn't just look at my outline? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. So my uh, my number four, like I said, is Black Panther. And I know there's a lot of cultural significance behind this movie. So I tried to divorce myself from all of the emotion that came with everyone bandwagon hopping. And yes, this movie is a milestone. And I, I finally, I mean, this is Black Panther transcended just being a great movie. Or in my in my opinion, a good movie into being something of a cultural phenomenon, arguably. Now, I really appreciate what Black Panther did for Black people in general, not just here in the states, but across the world. And I I love the fact that it it made it made a lot of us feel like we finally had something to call our own. But obviously, that's from an emotional standpoint, and. I try to, again, divorce myself from the emotions and look at it objectively. Now, I love the visuals. I loved, again, the just the design and, and, and all that stuff. I love that they melded the technological with the traditional to make the, you know, the country of Wakanda. I love the, the design, the fashion. All that stuff was on point. It was very... It was very black, <laughs> very black, very Afrocentric. And I love that it was unapologetically black. And I mean, there's many other cultures out there who own themselves and own their elements. And this movie did that. And I love it. Now, this movie also suffered from Marvel's tendency to give their villains the same powers as the heroes, which with um, Golden, Golden Jaguar, Golden Leopard, Golden Jaguar. <laughs> same powers just different colored suits Killmonger was a great villain honestly I think he's probably the second best villain in my opinion in the MCU enjoyed his I just he was he was menacing he was a very credible threat um just didn't didn't believe in his motivation as well right but I think also and I agree with you but in that same way as Thanos like you you may not have agreed with his motivation, but at least you could argue that there was a case to be made for it, because there are people who share that view. Who you know, if they had that power, would be like, look, there's a history of oppression, and um, we have the ability to do something about it now, and we're going to do something. Um, that's not a that's not an unbelievable argument. My biggest problem with it, um, which the, the the thing that kept it from being higher for me. It's just all the things. I know it's a superhero movie, but things that just didn't make any sense, like the uh, the car chase scene where she come she gets out of the vehicle, like the <laughs> it's just some of the choices. Like, okay, we have this amazing technology. You know what we should do with it? Let's like train rhinos to be war animals instead of you know <laughs> making tanks or something. So that's a perfect example of the traditional meeting the technological. I would need you because I did, I'm not an expert by any stretch, but I did take twice a course on uh, African history pre-colonialism, and I never saw anything about any nation that trained rhinoceroses to fight. 
<laughs> I would love to see that. But uh, anyway, yeah, it's it, it was really neat. It's one of those things where it was really cool to see, but it was like, why why are you doing this? Also, the spears and stuff. It's like just guns, guns. You know the guns work. Why are you using spears? <laughs> well, again, the melding of the melding of the traditional and the technological. What would have been really cool was um, if the Dormalaje spears had energy capabilities like those little handheld ones that um they were sending off to the rest of the war dogs world worldwide yeah like um uh, stargate i think had had things like that yeah the um what was the name of that race they looked like the ancient egyptians they had a lot of that character Teal'c was one of them he's played by christopher judge yeah egyptonians i think they were called really <laughs> <laughs> They were not called that. Stop okay, it. You're correct. I'm going to look that up. Um, number three. What's your number three? Number three. Now, this now for number number three for me is really weird because I don't really like the other films in this series, and I'm not a huge fan of the character, but this movie was so funny and good that I loved it, and it's Thor Ragnarok. I heard so many good things about this movie, and it came on Netflix. That? Um, no, I, I have now, but I didn't like I didn't see it in the theaters or anything. But I heard so many good things about it. I just sat down and watched it. I actually so let me rephrase that. I heard really good things from people, critics. I heard did not like it, and so I was like, let me just check it out. And I have never laughed so hard watching a Marvel movie in my life. Like it was. I feel like that. Um, I feel like that brand of humor is also right up your alley. Like yeah. that. That because it's a very very strong. Um, improv comedy in that movie, improv, improv comedy based in that movie, and I feel like you're really good at that type of stuff. <laughs> well, thank you. But I mean, even the fact the stuff that, like, um, the Grandmaster, uh, played by, name is escaping me, Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum. Yeah, he it was he was so good. He was like on point for that that character is just so hysterical that character really should have been called jeff goldblum like if jeff goldblum got <laughs> transported to another universe that's what he would be um but just all the funny bits and the you know it's it's odd because the the other plot point like hella coming and and doing what she did like i'm not it wasn't i didn't really care as much but the humor for me really made them i felt like they finally said with thor oh this is a this is a comic book movie like it's it's not like they, they were want to be serious so much and then they were like, Well, you know, this is this is just a comic book movie, so let's have a good time here. What was your number three, sir? My number three, so this we kinda we're different here. All right. So my number three was Spider Man Homecoming. Well, if you if you wanna if this might make you feel better, maybe explain it. I have seen zero of the new Spider Man things. Okay. Okay. Are you like one of those Toby Maguire hardcore fans i have a friend who um i have a friend who she just she doesn't um can't tell her anything about about the andrew garfield movies because she'll immediately dismiss you because she's a complete and utter toby Maguire fanboy so are you one of those well i can't say that i'm that because i haven't seen the other ones i'm not refusing to see them i just you know have a a litter of children and it's a little more difficult for me to get out so i've got to really want to see it and as soon as they put those movies on netflix i will watch them but okay i missed okay. them in theater I, I yeah that's what it is well for me spider-man homecoming is my number three for different reasons i think 
first of all, Tommy McGuire is like 30 years old when he played Peter Parker, right? He's supposed to be a 15-year-old high school student being played by a man twice his age, right? So first of all, that's never convincing to me. That's like when they, same thing with shows like 90210, when they take these grown adults to make them play high school students. Like no one believes a high school student is that old and grown, right? First of all. So yeah, but they, the high schoolers are also terrible actors and actresses, generally speaking. So I mean, I get, I get that they use adults there. I get why they do it. It just it just takes me out of it. That's all. Understood. So, but first of all, they use a kid. I know I know Tom Holland was twenty years old when he played that role, but he is he's very youthful. He's kind of small, a little shrimpy, and his voice is super high pitched. That's so true. he sounds like he could be a little kid. Do you know what the, <laughs> the best example of that using an, a way a person who's way too old for the part is? Another one of my uh, favorite comedy movies, PCU, with Jeremy Piven as a college student. He's like got a receding hairline. He looks like he's forty-two years like, old. Like I'm looking at him like you. There's no way you're twenty-one. <laughs> <laughs> there is no way in hell you are twenty-one. Well, I mean, David Spade's in the same movie, and it's the same situation. You're like, no. He's not a college student. You're crazy. Were you in college 20 years ago? <laughs> I may not be. I think I'm just remembering this now. Is Jessica Walters the the dean? I have no idea who that is. The name sounds to me, but She's I don't know. She's the Jessica. mom from Arrested Development, and she plays Mallory on Archer on the, the show Archer. I never watched that show. I got to check that out. Anyways, continue. So um, the best representation on screen of a character, because... Peter Parker is supposed to be a kid. He's supposed to be, what, 15, 16 years old. And I'm a, I'm, I tend to be a bit of a comic book purist. Mm-hmm. So I, if your character in a book is 15 on screen, he should be 15. So um, I love the fact that it, to me, he was the truest, purest representation of that character that I've ever seen represented with all the, the, the awkward, the awkwardness of being in high school and, you know, the first girlfriend and all that stuff, and um, just the excitement at being taking part in that battle in, in Germany at the airport. And I just, I love the way they captured that youthfulness, or and, and not just youthfulness, but the youthfulness of a modern teenager, because, you know, with the, with the social media and all that stuff, and just his excitement and the energy that he brought. And then, of course, the twist. And, and if anyone hasn't seen Spider-Man Homecoming by now, that's your fault. I'm going to spoil it. No, don't. I just told you I haven't seen it. Look, I didn't spoil (laughs) any of the ones that I talked about. Just in case someone listening to this is like, ah, why would you do that? Don't. (laughs) You know what? In in that 10 seconds between you saying you hadn't seen it, and now I forgot that you said you hadn't seen it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you can be nice to me and be nice to our listeners, and do not spoil. I'm not a jerk, so I won't spoil (laughs) it for you, and I want you to, to text me immediately when you see this movie, when the twist drops, okay. and tell me if your face did just hit the floor. Gotcha. All right. So, number two. Number two. Oh, I just looked it up. Yes, it was Jessica Walter who played the dean in that movie. If you have not seen PCU, you need to watch it. It is a classic. It is hysterical. Um, and it's actually more true today than it was when it was created. As a matter of fact, it's so ahead of its time that you couldn't show this movie on a college campus nowadays because it would be protested. Um, Anyway, number two, um, and you'll understand why I chose Thor Ragnarok for number three when I tell you that my number two is Guardians of the Galaxy. That movie, for me, um, was 
it it I had got at that point I had gotten so burnout on superhero movies I was like I don't even care if they make anymore these are not fun anymore it's like a slog it's they take themselves so seriously like everything's like oh my goodness and every time it's like a world ending thing and we're like oh no we got to save the world again and this movie just came out of nowhere and just blew all that away and the the casting was amazing chris pratt uh zoe saldana was great like they all have this great um chemistry on the set together that's so much fun to watch you can tell they had a like a, a blast making the movie and yeah. it's just that i like i loved it i i i was laughing out loud in the theater it was just a great experience i love that movie all right so you need to get out of my brain because my number two is Guardians of the Galaxy, but I I, I kind of cheated a little bit, so I picked I put them both. Okay. One at, all right. So same reasons that those movies just there are a hell of a lot of fun, and they just bring this sense of enjoyment with them when they're you know they're you're watching these movies and I mean bonus points for the retro soundtrack, which right. obviously baby. So I loved a lot of those songs I didn't know before that movie, but I looked them up, you know, I got the soundtrack and I, I love, I love the music in that movie. I love the characters. The characters are so off kilter and so weird and so funny. Drax, the destroyers, hands down the funniest character. Now. <laughs> funnier than, than the raccoon. That rocks, Bradley Cooper. Cause that's, that's my, that's my sense of humor right there. So he is to me. He is one of the funniest characters, and he's even more hilarious in um, in his interactions with Mantis in Part Two, and then of course in, in Infinity War as well, which was a, definitely a serious one of the most one of the more serious movies in the in the MCU. But he of course brings this levity and this you know this joy to it. And I was really sad when I heard that that whole business with James Gunn being let go as a director of the third installment. Right. But I was also very happy to learn that Taika Waititi was in talks to direct, oh, which yeah. would be, I don't know if you knew that, but I think that would be amazing because he would bring his incredible sense of humor to an already funny um, established franchise. So I think, I think that would be a good move and I really hope he does. Yeah. I, I think um, he did um, what we do in the shadows, right? With um, Jermaine he did. That was such a, movie and um you know wife you know the um that guy the reese darby who plays one of the werewolves yes. i thought i honestly thought he was the voice of is it korg oh um he might be isn't he no it's actually taika waititi oh. taika waititi did the voice of korg that's so funny but it sounds like um, it sounds like reese darby and i think reese darby does the voice of koran from voltron or at least it's someone oh. that sounds incredibly like him but I he's got New Zealand lilt. <laughs> I wanted to say, as far as um, Drax goes, in uh, Infinity War, he has the best lines and the funniest scene. <laughs> His invisibility scene is the funniest thing. Like, I could not stop laughing. It was so ridiculous how funny that was. And then when he says the line, I'll do you one better, why is Gamora? <laughs> that was so good theater just broke down bro oh man the funniest thing so again very sad that that james gunn is not going to be working on guardians 3 but excited to see and, and hoping that they go with 
with my man Taika because he's going to bring a whole new level of funny to that franchise. Yeah. All right, big number one. Number one. So this one for me, um, I feel like this movie, although not one of like the grander ones, there's a couple things for me that makes it number one. Number the first one is that it's my favorite superhero. Um, it's also because I think the origin story here is one of the more admirable ones, and the more ones it's it's like a genuine hero. And um, although it's kind of weak in the end, um, it it was the first one that was made with the. Uh, the universe in mind like i feel like the th- ones or one that came before it like it was like we might do this but this one was definitely like there's other things that are coming after it so my number one is captain america the first avenger um i think that captain america is just the greatest marvel hero that there is i, I love his you know just the the character who he is the the goodness of him the 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 black and white like he knows good and he knows bad and he's going to fight for good even if that you know means kind of button heads with the people in charge um he, he's he's a superhero and the reason why i, I picked that one and not civil war um, is because i also know the i read the comic for civil war and i loved it and when i heard that they were doing it i was like yeah 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 and then the movie is nothing like the comic at all and it made me sad but uh yeah so my number one pick if if I can only have one and watch over again, it would be uh, Captain America: The First Avenger. All right. So, well, my number one is Thor Ragnarok. Oh. All right. <laughs> Thor Ragnarok is, and I will fight anyone. <laughs> I will fight anyone who wants to fight me on this. So, I the reason I Thor Ragnarok first of all was a huge departure from from the other movies in the franchise because they were so dark and so serious. Mm-hmm. And the, the first one was actually directed by Sir Kenneth Branagh, who has a background in Shakespearean theater, I, I believe. So he's got this very, he brings a lot of gravitas to anything that he touches, a very, a, a lot of seriousness and, you know, stoic, stoicism. And um, so at least the first movie, I can't remember who directed the second one, but I think it was somebody different. But that first movie was very dark. It was very theatric. And um, it was a little boring. I will admit. <laughs> the second one was it was okay. It's a superhero movie. I mean, you're not going in there expecting to win Oscars with it, but boring as well. Kind of run of the mill, you know. Territory that had been tread before. Then comes number three, Breath of Fresh Air. One of the <laughs> the funniest Marvel movie I have ever seen. This, you know, up there in, in my top, I would say my top five funniest movies that I've seen of all time. Taika Waititi's sense of humor is so wacky and gonzo. And I read that a lot of this movie was improvised. A lot of the comedy was, was improv. And I'm like, okay, you know, so, hey, whatever works, works. They give them an outline for a scene and they tell them, go nuts. All right, cool. <laughs> So and that's that that worked and I really enjoyed it. I loved the bright colors. I liked the the prog rock soundtrack, which again, you know, throwback to the eighties and that type of that era. So that was also huge points, scored huge points for me. And I love just the bright, colorful feel of everything. The characters were I mean, I'm just talking not not just actual bright colors, but the characterization. So 
characters like Valkyrie, who's a raging drunk at first, the Grandmaster, who is a, a crazed nutball, Hulk, who's like a giant green baby. I think he was probably my favorite. One of my favorite parts of that movie was just the interaction between Thor and Hulk. Is like a long-suffering babysitter, Thor, having to look after this giant, big, sulking baby who is strong enough to destroy half your planet, which was just just how absurd everything was. It was just hilarious to me. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, I can't say enough good things about Thor ragnarok i've seen it i've seen it a couple times i'm probably gonna see it again soon you know it's one of those movies that you kind of have to go back give it some time and watch but yeah thor ragnarok is my number one and it's unless they do a much better job with movies in phase four and five thor is probably gonna have the crown for a while yet yeah i did want to make um give some honorable mentions out there i want to throw out uh ant-man um, really enjoyed that. I love Paul Rudd, so um, I thought that was really cute. And um, what was the other one? Um, honorable mention for uh, the first Iron Man movie um, because it was the primogenitor. It was also the era, the first time they were like, you know what? Let's just have the villain be have the same powers as the hero. <laughs> yeah, right. That was the the trend that started it all. So I didn't have any honorable mentions written down, but I think I could throw one or two in. I think one of my one of my honorable mentions would have to be Winter Soldier because of how dark it was, and I just I, I liked the, the the characterization of Bucky Barnes. I liked that. And what else? I I would say Ant Man and the Wasp. I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, so I think that would be a good honorable mention because it is it's such a fun romp, you know. Mm-hmm. And such a fun romp. It wasn't. It was serious, but not too serious. It was no Infinity War, but um, obviously it's it's meant to be just one of those those movies where you go with your, your box or your carton of popcorn. You just sit back, you have fun, and you know you enjoy a movie. Yeah, just like DC totally understands that, and that's why other movies are doing so. Oh, oh, what's that? What am I hearing in my ear? They're not doing well. They're garbage. Shame, bitch. All right, so today, in keeping with our superhero theme, these aren't just Marvel, the worst Marvel movies. These are just the worst superhero movies. And I'm not – the qualifications here, obviously, there's there's some movies that you watch and they're just like, oh, this is incredibly painful to watch. Like the first – there's in a, a Fantastic Four movie from like the late 80s or early 90s, I think, where the company needed to maintain the um, – the rights for it so they had to make a movie and that was just so stupid um it was just a bad film um i'm not talking about that i'm talking about movies where they were like they had the ability to do something or like they had every chance in the world to make it a success and it was just bad it's they should feel ashamed about themselves for doing it so Mosey, you're going to be the one to determine which of one of these films belongs on Shame Bench. And, um, I mean, I hope we don't disagree, because uh, that would make it awkward. But with our with our favorites list lining up so well, I think that we should be good. All right. All right well, I guess it's time to hear some garbage movies. Okay. So, um, and these are in no particular order. The first one on Shame Bench. Before, before you say anything, I guarantee... Actually, no, never mind. Okay. <laughs> Hold your guarantee in your pocket, and if it happens, then we'll all experience it together. 
All right. So the first one, we're just no no particular order. Remember, um, Spider-Man Three, directed by Sam Raimi. It's the one with Venom, Sandman, and the second Green Goblin. It's all an emo Spider-Man. Emo Spider-Man doing that insane dance. Like, it is just such a bad movie. And part of it is apparently that I guess they they didn't want to do. They they shoehorn Venom in at the last minute, um, and that's already going to make it more difficult. I felt like they did such a a really good job setting up the dynamic between Harry and Peter and everything, and you miss out on a ton of that because, like, first of all, Topher Grace is not a serious actor, and every time I see him in a movie, and he's not um, Eric Foreman, I'm just like, come on, what are you trying to do here? Um, never took that dude seriously. Yeah, but uh, like even the Sandman in that movie, I can you can barely remember him. He's just like, hey, hey, I'm also here, so pay attention to me. <laughs> it's just none of it works, and it was such a crappy way to round out that trilogy, and um, especially because I mean the the first movie especially. I wanted to say this about I'm not a Tobey Maguire super fan, but do you know that scene in the cafeteria where he catches all those items on the tray that was not cgi they did like over 150 something takes to get him to actually do it so the fact that they did that already like puts it on another level for me but yeah spider-man 3 garbage and that was impressive. took away almost all of the good things that that we liked about the other two movies uh the next one is X-Men Origins Wolverine. Oh, God. Yes. Now, this movie had the possibility of being great. And actually, I think that the um, X-Men Origins thing was going to be like its own series, and they were going to do like a, all, like a bunch of different characters. Um, they start with... Oh, I heard that. They were going to do Gambit too, right? Yeah, starting with Wolverine is smart because he's, you know, like a known quality. Hugh Jackman had done such an amazing job, and he was such a, like, he brought in the money and everything. Um, so like, let's start with this guy, but they, they, it was awful. They, it was like, <laughs> we're just going to throw all these characters in. And then people who'd never have read the comics or didn't understand anything about movies just was like, no, I'll just watch this fam. Let me see if I can do it here. Um, also I had, will you I just say just watch this fam? Yeah. <laughs> the, the biggest atrocity obviously is Ryan Reynolds Deadpool in that whole character, how that was awful bald head Ugh, no the mouth the merc with a mouth doesn't have a mouth can't talk in the movie um the uh, will i am from black eyed peas like what was he again which character was he uh i forget what he did what will i'm not <laughs> will i am not oh man I, but I guess the the one sh- like glimmer of hope from this film was that probably Ryan Reynolds doing that was like, you know what, Deadpool could be so much better, and that probably led to the other Deadpool movies. Um, I I forget, I don't know how that didn't end up on my list, but that's another super honorable mention. You know, fun fact. In my days of um, piracy and pirating oh, movies. No. Which- <laughs> which I don't do anymore, obviously, <laughs> because I'm I'm going straight now. I actually downloaded a I downloaded a, an incomplete, like an unfinished version of that movie where they left in all like the ropes and the wires and and um, 
before they inserted the the CG and all of the, the effects and stuff. And it is the craziest thing you have ever seen in your life. So it was a complete, they, they shot all the scenes, but they didn't remove any of the wires and, and, and that stuff. And it was all pre-special effects. I wish I had that so I could watch it. But it was actually, it, I, I think that version was better than the finished movie. Probably. Um, and the last one is Suicide Squad. Now, this might be controversial because I'm sure there's a lot of people who enjoyed it. But the yeah, present company included. It, It's the kind of thing where you watch the movie. And we can do a Star Wars episode sometime if you'd like to. Because I felt very similar to that where it's like, you, re- I think more than anything, you're recognizing things and you're like, oh, that's interesting. I know that character or that's it. I see them. I know who you are. Or you see something cool happen and you're like, wow, that's an explosion or wow, this is a fight. And you don't realize that the movie has tricked you. Um, and none of what's happening makes any sense whatsoever. No characters are developed at all. And it's just the entire thing is just a giant mishmash. It's like there's a MacGuffin and th- people don't do things for reasons it's just they do them because it was written in the script for it to happen none of it makes any sense like for purposes of advancing the plot yeah there well there's no plot so that's the problem <laughs> there's a bad guy that's going to kill the city with monsters and you got to stop the bad guy cuz monsters but that's the plot right that's not a plot though and none of the things that happen um do it for a reason it, it's just it's just a mess um and it could have been and part of the reason why it's on the list is it could have been so good um even with the goofy joker um there was a possibility of him being interesting and uh margot robbie did a great job as uh uh, what's her face uh harley quinn um even will smith i thought was he was pretty uh interesting in that didn't they didn't they cut didn't they cut a lot of Jared Leto's parts they out of the movie. Did, I think so, but that's that's what I'm saying. That's the problem. They probably they they in this. So this is an example of what they didn't do with Infinity War, where this could have been good. They had an ensemble cast with some like characters who did, needed and deserved time, and they either didn't give it to them or gave it to them in a way that didn't make any sense, um, and it just didn't work. None of it worked. They didn't feel like real people to me. Um, and so, yeah. That's why hmm. it's on the list. Okay. So we got... So is it time? It's time. We got Spider-Man 3. Tobey Maguire yeah. uh, crashes and burns his entire Spider-Man legacy. We have X-Men Origins Wolverine, which shut down the X-Men Origins uh, line of movies. And then, on the brighter side, gives us the good Deadpool movie. And Suicide Squad, which um, is just DC's way of saying, hey, don't worry, guys, we'll still make bad movies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Spider-Man 3 was my least favorite in the trilogy. Not, I didn't hate it. Let's just put it that way. I did not hate this movie. I did cringe so hard that I, I feel like I cringed so hard that my face got sore at that whole <laughs> dance, that whole segment where he was doing the dance thing. Or any time so, Topher Grace was talking. 
Oh God. Um, yeah, so that movie is pretty bad, pretty cringeworthy, but it's not. It's definitely not the worst one I've seen. X Men Origins Wolverine, horrible, just awful. Um, especially that travesty that was supposed to be Deadpool. Because I mean, I know what Deadpool was supposed to look like, and I'm like, hold a second. When I realized that that was supposed to be Deadpool, I'm like, no, you got this wrong. How do you mess this up? So, but I, I got to give it props for the uncut, unfinished version. Like I said, that movie was a lot better than the finished one. And I've seen them both several times. So let's put that one on the, on, on the, on the shelf for a little bit. The third one was Suicide Spot, right? Right. So as, as a lover of, of special effects, like I had to give it to this movie, but you're right. It didn't have a plot and... I feel like they could have done a lot more with it. They tried to do too much. There were too many characters. And they, 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 there was no way they could have developed all of them to a satisfactory level without making at least one or two other movies. I think they tried to do too much. They tried to shove too much and shoehorn too much into a little tiny space. So that ended up not being a great movie, but also not the worst superhero movie that I've ever seen. So my final decision will be all right x-men origins wolverine only because <laughs> only because of that whole deadpool thing all right that I, is that I is was, your decision i don't know you you sound like you don't agree with i me. i would just say that uh there if you could show me I feel a like redeeming... you're coming down on the side of Spider-Man right no, now. No, no, I, I'm okay with Spider-Man, but Suicide Squad, like, there's nothing redeeming for it. X-Men Origins Wolverine could be argued that it gave us the funny Deadpool movie. Okay. Suicide Squad okay. has given us nothing but pain, and it looks like in the near future, we're still going to get nothing but pain. Listen, I thought the special effects redeemed it enough where I could ignore the terrible story and the horrible character development no that makes sense you're like a you know a three-year-old child just watch the shiny lights and you're happy listen i'm also <laughs> the one with the powdered wig the robe and the gavel that's a fact jack so your decision <laughs> is x-men origins wolverine you are officially on shame bitch <laughs> i was gonna be like yo let me do the thing 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 so i actually do have um I have a dishonorable mention. Ooh. Well, no, I have two dishonorable mentions for uh, for Shane Bench. So, number one dishonorable mention is Fat Four Stick, which is directed by Josh Trank. And is that the newest he, one? The newest one. And he went on to trash his own movie, blaming the studio, saying that there was interference and they messed his movie up. So, I... I don't know if I believe that, honestly. Like, you're the director of a movie. You have a, you have a lot of creative... Yeah, you can always leave, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm saying you have a lot of creative control over what happens in this movie. Like, it's not... it's not. Is it the studio's fault that you interpreted Doctor Doom as... As a... a, a, a what, what was Doctor Doom in that movie, anyway? He was... Like a burn victim. Like a weird, screwed-up burn victim. Like, seriously. He was an inconsistent power man. I can cause people to explode and die if i want them to but maybe i won't maybe i will right exactly and then of course there's a lot of controversy with casting michael b jordan as the human torch um a lot of racist controversy and racist comments he shouldn't be black <laughs> y'all 
I think I think cool. if we think about what the Human Torch is for a moment, um, he most assuredly should, it should be black. I think that makes the most sense. No, I'm saying the character of Johnny Storm, not Michael B. Jordan. Oh, no, I mean, yeah, a guy who catches on fire all the time. That works for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I mean, I love the twist of, of, of Sue being the adopted one, his sister being uh, Kate Mara being the adopted one, and his dad and him being black characters. I like the twist. I mean, you got to reinvent the story for a new generation, you know, obviously. A lot of these people are probably older comic book readers who were, you know, there. Anytime, anytime something gets messed up for someone who remembers it one way 50 years ago, you're going to hear from them. So that's all that was. And I obviously don't put any stock in what they say. So my second dishonorable mention for Shane Bench is going to have to go to the original Captain America movie. The original Captain America movie. Yes, there was one that was made like in the 80s. Uh, I don't know. Do you remember that movie? I think movie? I know what you're talking about. I think that was actually with the Avengers movie that I was talking about. That was the one where they needed to maintain the like the creative control by producing something. Is that where he had like the mm. rubber mask and the like the little wings on his head and everything? Yes, it was made in 1990. It starred Matt Salinger as Captain America. Yeah. As Scott Pollan as Red Skull. Oh yeah. Ned Beatty was also in that apparently. I'd like to give a, a hat tip to Red Letter Media. They did an excellent um, review review of this film once. Really? Yes. And uh, uh, it's the show about you know, how you know, disgusting. You know it who is. This, what this costume reminded me of? This costume reminded me of one of those. <laughs> so you know when you go to Times Square and there's like. There's like a, a Guatemalan lady dressed in like a dirty Elmo outfit taking pictures with tourists. <laughs> That's this guy. <laughs> That's this oh, guy. Here's a picture of me and Elmo. And here's the hospital bill for the disease I got. This is this is this is um this is Captain America's he's like he's like he's like the Randy Quaid to 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 Chris Evans's Dennis Quaid. Oh jeez. Like he's the drunk he's the drunk brother that that has a drug problem and lives in the doghouse like in the backyard and sleeps on the couch from time to time. I can never find a job. Yeah. That's him. Randy Quaid, why that's can't this, you be, that's this Captain America? I, why can't I bet Dennis Quaid is like, why can't you be more like like Billy Baldwin? Or Stephen Baldwin? Like be a responsible B list <laughs> actor brother. Uh, right, still turning out respectable work, <laughs> even like twenty years after you were famous. Right? Oh man, that's we shouldn't make fun of these people. They are more famous and richer than we were. Ever. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> so, listen, man, let's wrap it up. All right. Well, uh, thank you for sharing all of your uh, movies and guys. We'd love to hear guys and gals. We'd love to hear your favorites. What you think should be in the top five. And uh, you can also explain to Mosey why Suicide Squad deserves to be on the worst list. Uh, but hit us up on Twitter. And where else are we? Uh, <laughs> I, we're everywhere, man. It's hard to you know just <laughs> poke one thing. Um, SoundCloud. SoundCloud, Twitter. Soon to be available on 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 on, um, on other platforms. I actually, and this is just a quick note. I. Submitted, I submitted Breadfruit Juice, the podcast, for a wider distribution on other sites like um, iTunes and Spotify and um, 
where where else wherever wherever fine podcasts <laughs> are distributed. <laughs> you know, it's wherever fine. we actually have some some cool exciting stuff coming up within the next couple of months. I'm kind of keeping it under wraps, but the closer we get to to those things happening, I'm going to let you guys You know, Mosey, I'm glad that you said that cuz I actually had a big announcement. Um I found a way to get uh, uh breadfruit juice distributed on VHS cassette tapes. On VHS, VHS. what is this? 1983? Yeah, so it's a blank, it's just a, a a blank screen, but you can hear our voices and there's distortion, it's grainy, um, and you have to rewind it to, to hear it again, but um, I lock that in. So look for that in your your closest bodega that you feel like there's a health code violation just by stepping into it. And they also sell screwdrivers next to the food. Breadfruit juice coming to a dusty VHS near you. That's right. So uh, all from right. all of us here, this is Ace saying thank you and goodbye. Bye, guys. And that's the show, guys. Thanks for listening in. And remember, you can tweet us at Breadfruit Show and Breadfruit Ace if you want to keep in touch. Feel free to send us ideas for future shows and things you might want us to discuss. We want to hear from you. You can also check us out at soundcloud.com slash breadfruit hyphen juice and anchor.fm slash breadfruit juice. Until next time. <laughs>